Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. The title of my message is Hashtag Worth It. Hashtag worth it. You know, if that, that's kind of a popular phrase. It's like, oh, it was worth it. It was worth it, you know. Well, you know, my, my wife kind of got on to me because uh, I went out and bought a, bought a new gun or something, you know. But, you know, you're sitting around with the guys, you're like, but it was worth it. You know what I mean? It was worth it, right? She got on to me because she, she didn't want me to spend the money on that. But it was worth it because I got the gun I wanted. Some of the guys are not amen and too loud, and that was, that's wisdom in the house. Glory to God. But, you know, there's some things that God might be asking of us in this season, and I just want to tell you, it's worth it. Man, this morning as we were just gathered around here and, and, and kind of rededicating ourselves to, to, to staying filled with the Spirit and, and, and launching out into some things that, that maybe God has stirred us in the past about or maybe some things He's showing us uh, afresh. Amen. Uh, uh, you know, it is worth anything that the Lord asks of us. It is worth it. Glory to God. I remember there was a season um, about eight or nine years ago, and the Lord started systematically, like, um, seemed like every week he was asking me to lay something down. He was asking me to lay down my favorite TV show. And, you know, when the Lord starts talking to you about your TV shows, whoo, you're like, oh, Jesus, come on now. That's my, that's my favorite. And, 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 you know, that's kind of date night, too. Me and my wife watch it together, and, and I know you want us to build strong relationships. So, so this, you know, this, you can't really be asking about this, you know. And, um, and he started asking me to lay some things down. And, you know, it was hard on the flesh the, the first time. And then it was hard again the second time. And then the third time it got a little easier. Why? Because I started realizing that as he was asking me to give him something, it wasn't because he was just trying to take something. It was, try- it was because he was trying to give me something in return. The Father never asks of us anything without having something in store in return. Well, I don't know, Brother Steve. Well, let me prove it to you in the Word tonight. Is that all right? Um, since we're in a, in a series and a season uh, of going over the basics, I want to hit some basic truths tonight that will enable us to, to understand and leap off knowing that the things that God is asking us to do in this day and hour are worth it. Amen. Is that good? The, my first point tonight is he is good. I know that's a basic truth. God is good. Amen. And, and that kind of came alive to me in the 90s, being at Brother Hagen's meetings and stuff. And, and, and you'd hear someone say, God is good. And, 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 and then the response would be, all the time. Hallelujah. God is good all the time. Amen. There used to be T-shirts. People would wear T-shirts. God is good. And on the back, all the time. Amen. And that truth started coming alive to me in the 90s. I started realizing that God was good, not just in a general sense, but good to me. Amen. Because it's one thing for God to just be good in general, but when he's good to you, when he's good for you, amen, when he's good on your behalf, there's something different. Amen. You know, I'm glad uh, when Brother Showers gets to eat some chocolate chip cookies. I'm glad for him. Amen. That's a blessing that he gets to eat those. But how many of you know I enjoy it when I'm getting to eat it a little bit more? Because I'm tasting what's good. 
I'm glad when he said, see, at the fellowship, his wife brought some, some carrot cake. Amen. And I saw him over there with his carrot cake, and I was like, ooh, that looks good. Praise the Lord. And so I came on over a little closer. Hallelujah. And said, how are you guys doing? Amen. And she said, I got some fresh made cake here, and I made plenty to share. Would you like a piece? And I'm like, yes, I would. Hallelujah. Yes, I would. Amen. And, and how many of you know that, that it's good to know that God is good in general, but it's better to know that he's good because you've tasted and seen? Mm, that's, a, that's a good place to shout right there. You know, God is not a control freak. How, well, I won't ask you who's married to one. Um, but how many have known somebody who's kind of a control freak, and when things get out of control, they start getting out of control. They, don't, they, want, they want everything just so. God is not asking things of us or showing us things to adjust because he's a control freak. Our father is not a control freak. Amen. He's not interested in, in just being some sort of tyrant that tells everybody what to do. He's, that's not his plan. That's not his purpose. That's not his nature. That's not his character. The reason he's asking something of us is because he's got something good in store. Glory to God. You know, God's not just bossy. Woo, hallelujah. Your wife might be bossy, but God's not bossy. Your, your, your daughter might be bossy, but God's not bossy. Hallelujah. Some, your boss might be bossy. Not mine, but, but you know, uh, yours might be. But God is not bossy. He's not just trying to boss you around. Amen. He's not just interested in telling you what to do. God is, is telling us things in this season because there's something that he's trying to get to us. And if we know that he's good, then we will be interested in getting the things that he's asking of us. And it will be worth it to let go of the things that he's asking from us. Amen. The Bible says in um, James chapter 1, verse 17, we can turn there real quick. If you've got your, your speed hands on. I've got it on my iPad, so I'm, I'm cheating tonight. So I'll give you time to turn there. In James chapter 1, verse 17 is a scripture we know well, but it's good to look at it. Because when the enemy, like after a service this morning, the enemy would be like, yeah, you know, Right after the anointing lifts, well, I'm not all that interested in the power if it means laying down this or laying down that, right? The enemy will come and try to steal. The Bible says he comes immediately to steal the word. What word? The word that the Spirit of God breathed on and the seed that was planted that's causing you to want to do something. That's the word the enemy's interested in stealing. And so he comes immediately because he understands if I can come between you making a decision and then making that first step. Because, see, once you start stepping towards God, it, it's hard to stop somebody. Amen. Once, it, you know, what is that, the, the law that something in motion stays in motion? But if he can stop you from getting into motion, then he can steal the word. So he comes immediately. So let's just, let's just re, uh, 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 restart ourselves up. In James chapter 1, verse 17, it says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, and it comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or even a shadow of turning. That means every good and perfect gift comes from our Father. And you know what that means? That there might be something that looks good, but if it doesn't come from the Father, then it's not good. 
Anybody ever had a good thing that looked good, but when you tasted it and, and saw it wasn't actually good? Maybe it was a job you took and realized, oh, this, this wasn't from God. Maybe it was a decision you made. Maybe it was a, a someone that, that, that came into your life as an option to date, and you're like, yeah, this is good. This has got to be God. But then you get into it, and you're like, this ain't God. Okay, let me... Let me back out. Amen. Because, see, if it's good, then it's from God. Amen. But, but God decides what's good. Why? Because he's a control freak? No, because he knows the beginning from the end. He, he encompasses the first and the last, and he knows what is good for us. Amen. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. You don't have to turn there, but I'll read it. It's very familiar. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Amen. Aren't you glad he knows the thoughts? He's got thoughts, and he knows them. Amen. And he says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. The New Living Translation, I like this. It says, for I know the plans I have for you. Aren't you glad the Father's got some plans? He didn't just willy-nilly say, okay, I'll take you into the family, but I don't know what to do with you, brother. I don't know what to do with you, sister. Uh, why don't you just uh, come on over here to Impact till, till I figure out what I'm going to do with you. you, you I'll give you to, pa to pastor. He'll, he'll deal with you till I come up with some plan, right? No, that's not the way God does things. He knows the plans that he has for you. Glory to God. And, and in the New Living, it says, they are plans for good and not disaster to give you a future and a hope. Plans for good. Amen. That means that he's got good things in store. In Psalms chapter 34 and verse 8, uh, we'll start there. It says, oh, taste and see. It's like that carrot cake. It was good. I, I, I could tell it was good while it was sitting on the table. But it wasn't as good as when I began to taste and see that it was good. Glory to God. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for there is no want to those who fear him. Glory to God. The young lions, they lack and suffer hunger. But those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Those, glory to God, that seek the Lord. Amen. Those that are seeking after his will. Those that are tuned into what he's saying. Those that say, yes, I want to be filled with more power. Yes, I want to be refilled so I can walk in the fullness of the plan of God for us. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Those that say, I'm willing to do it, Lord. Those that are saying, yes, I'm going to go after your way. I'm going to go after your plan. They shall not lack any good thing. Any good thing. Woo, glory. I'm just, I'm just stirring us up about God's goodness before we move on. Exodus chapter 34 and verse 6, And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. Glory to God. First Chronicles chapter 16 verse 34 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Glory to God. For his mercy endures forever. Psalms chapter 145 and verse 9, For the Lord is good to all. Woo, that includes me. That includes you. For the Lord is good to all. Hallelujah. And it says, and his tender mercies are over all his works. Glory to God. Amen. You know, the, the, the Hebrew word good there, it means good. Imagine that. Pleasant, agreeable, excellent, rich, valuable, appropriate, better, becoming, glad, happy, prosperous, benefit, and prosperity. Woo, amen. 
Man, I want some of that. Hallelujah. That's what he's talking about. The Lord is good. The Lord is a benefit. The Lord is a benefit to you. The Lord, it makes you better. The Lord makes you glad, like Pastor was saying tonight. The Lord makes you happy. The Lord, he makes you, he makes you grow. Glory to God. The Lord, he makes you prosperous. Amen. The Lord God, he makes you some things because of who he is. He is good. Amen. And we can trust him because he knows us better than we know ourselves. Right? He knows us better than ourselves. That's why I said the Lord, he's not a control freak. The Father, he's not just trying to, to, to pick and choose arbitrarily some, something here and something there and, and give this up and do this because he's just looking to see how much you'll really do for him. That's not our Father. He's a good Father. He's a father of lights. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Amen. So you can go to the bank that if, if he's asking something, then he's got a good gift. Glory to God that is coming your way. Amen. And it says here in um, Psalms chapter 139, I'll let you go ahead and turn there because we're going to le- uh, read two passages out of this chapter. Um, I, I like what this says about how the father knows us. And and the the title in in my Bible says, God's perfect knowledge of man. When you're there, say glory. Glory. All right, that's most of us. And it says, oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down. You know my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. It says, you comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with how many of my ways? All my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O oh Lord, you know it all together. Woo, there ain't nobody that knows us like Kim. Amen. It says, you have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Glory to God. He knows us. Then if you drop down to uh, verse 13 through 17, it says, for you formed my inward parts and covered me in my mother's womb. Come on, somebody. You were not a surprise, amen. He saw you, glory to God, in your mother's womb and began to form you, hallelujah. Sp- spoke and, and, and your spirit came to, to be, glory to God. It says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet uh, unformed and in your book they are all written. The the days are fashioned for me. Woo, come on, that stirs me up. The Lord has already written down in his book, glory to God, everything that he's got planned for you, and he's already fashioned the days that are coming ahead. Glory to God. I don't care what the news said is coming ahead. I don't care what the, the, the projections say is coming ahead. I don't care what your mama said was coming ahead. Glory to God. I'm letting you know tonight that the Lord has formed your days, and he has fashioned the days that are coming ahead. Glory to God, and he knows you well, and he didn't plan things that were going to mess you up or discourage you or distract from you. Glory to God. He's got a plan for good. He's got a plan to bless you. He's got a future. He's got a hope. Glory to God, and he didn't put an age limit on it. There ain't nobody too young to start walking in this. There ain't nobody too old to start walking in this. Hey! Woo, glory. <laughs> he didn't say well, uh, reaching up to this many days and then it's on you. No, he's got every day fashioned. Come on, if the Lord is fashioning your days. 
Woo, hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. The Lord is fashioned. Your fashion isn't just casual. Fashioned is taking care, glory to God, and actually taking interest and making something that is a work of art. The Bible says you are fearfully and wonderfully made, glory to God. That means the Father who formed you didn't form you just out of happenstance. He fearfully, out of honor and reverence, decided to bring you into existence. Out of fear and honor and reverence of himself, he decided to create you. And then he didn't just create you and leave you here. He created you and then formed and fashioned with that same care and love and interest to the days that were coming ahead for you. Woo, our God is good. Our Father is good. Oh, my, 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 my. Hey, hey. It says over in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 29, this is Jesus. And he said, are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? Man, that's cheap, right? Copper, copper even today isn't worth that much. And it says, and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. I mean, the father knows when even a sparrow dies and, 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 and is left and sold for, for whatever they use them for. But it says, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Dr. Dufresne said, used to say, I'm better than a bird. I'm better than a bird. If the Lord keeps his eyes on the sparrows, if he knows what's going on with the sparrows, and he's taking the time not just to, not just to say you have 3,483 hairs on your head, but to actually number each one. He took that much care in you. Glory to God. I, I'm just going to be honest. I don't love you like that. And I'm going to be honest. Even your mama don't love you like that. That's why we sing, ain't nobody do me like Jesus. Glory to God. Because there's nobody that cares like that about you. That they're interested in numbering, keeping track of the number. Oh, hair 3,422 just fell out in the shower last yesterday. I won't make the obligatory bald joke. So, so all my bald folks can just relax. John chapter 10 and verse 27, he says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them. I know them, and they follow me. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3 and, and, and six, uh, through 6, it says, Blessed be the God of our Father, Woo, <laughs> of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Just as he chose us. Say, he chose me. In him. It's important to make these things personal. Amen. He chose me in him before the foundation of the earth. Glory to God. Before he even decided to form this earth, he had you in mind. He had begun to fashion and to write in his book what he was going to do in and through and with you. Glory to God. He knew you. He saw you. He formed you. And he chose you. He chose me. Yeah, he even chose you. Glory to God. He knew you'd be here tonight. He knew your heart would be open tonight. He knew you'd be tuning in tonight. Glory to God. Why? He chose you because he knew that you would respond. Amen. Glory to God. He chose you because he loved you. Amen. It says he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us. Do you believe in predestination? Yes, I do. He predestined me to adoption. Glory to God. Hallelujah. As a son. By Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Woo, the good pleasure. The good pleasure. The good pleasure. He didn't just do it out, out, of, out, of, out of just his will. He did it out of the good pleasure of his will. Mm. 
to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Glory to God. Amen. We can, we can trust him because he knows us. You know, that, that's a lie sometimes that we, we buy into. Well, I don't want to do that because that's not me. That's not me. And, and nowadays, you know, it's, there, it's, there's just this big thing about being authentic to who you are, right? Be authentic to who you are. You don't want to do something that's not you, right? We, you don't want to uh, 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 do something that, that isn't, isn't authentic. And, and I, I agree with that. But God knows more authentically who you are than you could ever know yourself. And you can trust him that if he's asking you to do that, that's more in line with the reality of who you are than anything you could come up with up here or in your feelings or what you read in some book or what you saw on some television show or through some interview. If God's asking you to do it, if he's asking you to move into it, if he's asking you to, to make an adjustment, glory to God, it's because he knows the very person that he created you to be. He's seen and fashioned and made all the days of your life. Glory to God. And he knows the track that you need to be on to get to the fullness that he's created for you. What is that fullness? Just us just doing everything for God? Yes. But everything plus it's going to be good. He's not looking for slaves. He had that in the Old Testament. He had servants. He had those that, that's not what he's looking for anymore. He's, he's called us and sent the Lord Jesus and chose us to come back into the family so he could have sons and daughters, glory to God, who would serve him out of gladness of heart and out of free will, glory to God, because we know who he is. Not because we have ordinances, but because we know him and we know it's worth it. We know it's worth it. Glory to God. That being said, my second point is there's reward. And reward, benefit, inheritance is not a side issue. I'll say that again. Reward, benefit, inheritance is not a side issue. In fact, let's turn over to Hebrews real quick. And I'll just, I'll just prove this to you. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. And like pastor says very often, that puts a high premium on faith, right? Because we want to please him, amen? And if it just left it there, that would be kind of daunting, right? That would be kind of, oh man, without faith, I... Whew, without faith, it's impossible to please him. What, well, I, need, I need to figure out what to do. No, he, he tells us in the very next statement. He says, and just in case you're concerned. No, he didn't, that's my paraphrase. Uh, <laughs> that's not in there. Um, but he says, it's impossible to please him. But for he who comes to God, what must believe that he is? And what? That he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. I've been going over this for the last several weeks and maybe a month, just, just this scripture and just meditating on it and just realizing how simple God has made things for us. He's so good, but he's also, he keeps things simple. That doesn't mean that sometimes it doesn't take effort, but it's always simple. Even a guy like me can understand it. Even a guy like me can do it. Even a guy like me can accomplish it. Amen. And, and I'll just keep that on me. Amen. But he says, if if, if you're going to please God, you have to believe that he is. How many believe that he is? 
I mean, you're in church tonight, so you believe he is, right? But that's not enough to just believe he is. He said, it's not even possible to please me unless you bear in mind that I am a rewarder of those that diligently seek me. You can't even come to me. See, the Bible says to come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and help in the time of need. He's saying, I want you to come, but don't come like like James said. Don't don't ask for wisdom unless you're going to do it, knowing that I'm a rewarder of those that ask something of me. Glory to God. Because if you don't believe that I'm going to reward, then you're not even going to receive anything. And that doesn't please me because I, I am such a rewarder. I've set it up to where you can't even come to me unless you believe. Believe about me that I want to reward you when you come. Woo! Why do I say yes so easily on on moments like like, uh, uh, this morning? It's because I know that God is not just looking to get something from me. He's trying to get something in me, through me, and for me. I know he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. I've been stirring myself up about this because, you know, sometimes we say, well, we just need to worship God because, because of he, it's just what he deserves. And that is true. He deserves our worship. But because he is God, he's decided how these things are set up. Right? You know, we remember the Old Testament I won't go too far into it, but, but the, the, the Lord set up ways to, to care for the ark, right? And, and when, when uh, the Israelites began to just willy-nilly carry the, the ark back to, to the camp, and, uh, you know, Uzzah, it started to rock, and Uzzah reached up to, to, to steady it, which seemed like a good thing, right? He reached up to, to steady it, and boom, he, you know, he dropped dead because he, he touched the power of God in, in, in a way that God hadn't prescribed. And thank God we're not living in that day. Hey, glory to God. Uh, thank God we're not living in that, in that day. But God has still prescribed the way that we come to him. Amen. And so he... Did you know that if you don't, if you come to worship on a Sunday night and you don't come with bearing in mind that he wants to reward you that on Sunday night, you didn't come to worship the right way that he asked you to, not in full faith. That means I can't say, Lord, I love you. I worship you. I magnify you without bearing in mind or keeping in front of me that there is a reward, amen, that comes back to me when I come and approach my father with a whole heart. When I'm diligently seeking him, I know that there is a reward that's stored up for me. Amen. This is, this is the way God set things up. It, this is true on, from the Old to the New Testament. Glory to God. Let, let's look at our father Abraham real quick. He, he is the father of our faith, the word says. Um, it says um, in chapter 15, Genesis. You, y'all already knew that because you're flowing, right? Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. And I'll read it to you if you want to listen or you can turn there while I'm, while I'm reading But for time's sake, I'm going to jump in. It says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. And Abraham said, that's all I need. Thank you, Father. It's all done. No, notice what Abraham said. Abraham said, but Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me? See, Abram had the guts to say, well, Father, if you, God, if you're really the rewarder, then what's my reward? And God was furious with him. No. 
God said, that's a man I can get in touch with. I have a sneaky suspicion the, the father knew Abraham had this kind of heart, right? And it says, it says there, he said, Abram said, Lord God, he, he knew who he was, but he was about to see if he was a rewarder. He said, what will you give me seeing I go childless and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus? Then Abram said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, no, none born to, uh, in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came, came to him saying, I rebuke you. No, it said, this one shall not be. See, the Lord responded. Abraham believed that if I come to him, I believe that he is. He said, Lord God, he believed who he was. I believe who he is, but I also believe that he is a rewarder of me seeking him. Amen. He was living this out in front of us. It says, then he brought, uh, he said, uh, the Lord saying, this one shall not be your heir, but the one that will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to them, so shall be your descent, uh, so shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. What was the transaction? He believed that he was Lord and he believed he was God. And he had, the, he had the guts to say, what will you give me, Father, in return for me believing that you are and coming to you? And when he got the reward, amen, he said, I, he got the word from the Lord. Your descendants are going to be like the stars. And Abraham said, I believe in my reward. And, and then it was accounted unto him for righteousness. The Father is interested in you believing in the reward. Amen. He doesn't want you only coming to him for reward, but you can't leave that out of the transaction. Come on. And the reason I feel impelled to stir you up on this is because here's the thing. When the Lord is asking something more of us, he's not doing it because he's just requiring more. He just, I need more, I need more, I need more of your attention, I need more of your, your, your devotion, I need more of your worship, I need more of your time. That's not the Father. He is inviting us into a covenant, glory to God, where he says, if you lay down in exchange for what you have, I guarantee that I will reward you with what I have, and it will actually meet your need and cause you to overcome and cause you to be more satisfied and cause you to be more blessed than you ever thought possible. He's inviting us further into a covenant relationship where we lay down what is ours and take up what is his. When I come to him, I believe that he is, but I also believe that he's a rewarder. But what did he say in James? He said, draw close to me. What? Because I, I, I'm, the, I'm the coolest around. No, he said, draw close to me because I want to draw close to you. But he's not going to overstep your faith. See, God is, is full of honor. And he made you with, with reverence and honor. And he fashioned you to ma and made you in his image. And he's not going to overstep your bounds that you set up. But what he does do is he invites you, glory to God, into more by, by tantalizing you with the fact that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek you. Glory to God. Uh, seek him. And so when you begin to step in and step out further and give up that thing that he's asking, Asking and lay down this thing that, that, that he's been dealing with you about and put aside the, the time that you know in your heart you really want to anyway. And you go ahead and make that, that step and you give that to him. Woo. You can go to the bank that there'll be reward. Hallelujah. Most of us don't have a, an obedience problem. 
we have a lack of understanding the reward problem. You know, it's like when, you, when, when someone invests in something. If you know the return on the investment is a guarantee lock, and it's, let's say it's a 25% return on your money, do you have to talk yourself into putting money into that? No, you know it's a lock. You're like, okay, what can we spare to put in this? Everything I have to spare, I'm going to put in this because I know it's going to produce for me. Right? And the, the Father's offering to us an investment opportunity. Woo, that's way more than 25%. How many of my tithers know that, that the return is way more than 25%? <laughs> I mean, the way God takes that 10%, glory to God, and then all of a sudden that 90% that you keep, keep behind starts doing more with, with 90 than you could have ever thought possible with 100%. Woo, glory to God. You don't have a stingy problem. You have a lack of trust that he's a rewarder problem. If you believed that he was the rewarder that he is, you'd be Ooh, let me get this tithe out of my pocket. Let me, let me tithe on the gross. I'm not, I'm not trying to tithe and down to the penny on the net. Well, after taxes plus food bill, that's a requirement. And then 4322 this week. If you knew the kind of rewarder he is. See, I don't have a problem tithing because I know he's a rewarder. What, did he, what, did, what, what, what happened over to the Israelites in, in Malachi? They, they said, uh, uh, God said, why, why are you robbing me? And, and did he say, let's turn over there and look at that. Is that okay? For the first time ever on a Sunday night, Brother Doug didn't read this, so let's go ahead and look at it. He was going to read it. Hey. <laughs> So you think tithe is about pastor trying to get your money out of your pocket. It has nothing to do with that. He's trying, when, when we get up here and talk about tithing, it has nothing about, it's nothing about the church needing your money. It's about getting you in partnership with the Father so you can begin to see how good he is. Woo! Glory to God. And so, uh, I think I've got it over here. Yeah, uh, it starts in verse 8. And it says, will a man rob God? Can you imagine that? Stick him up, God. God honors us so much. Come on, think about that. God honors us so much that he allows us to choose whether we will rob him or not. What kind of honor the Father has for man? It's incredible. Verse 8, will a man rob God yet? You have robbed me, but you say, in what way? we robbed you what, what, what? how have I robbed you God you can just see their, their voice getting high I, what do you mean how is I robbing you in tithes only ooh that says offerings as well alright let's go home no uh, you are cursed with a curse for you have robbed me even this whole nation and it says, bring most of the tithes into the storehouse, except for during the tough weeks. Bring, tithes in, uh, bring uh, the tithes into the storehouse, except for when you're on vacation and you're exempt because you're in a different area code. Bring all, say all, all. 
Look at your neighbor so, so, that, so that it won't be about you. Look at your neighbor and say, oh, if it's your spouse, then it's still about you. So sorry about that. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Try me. Try me. Try me. The father's saying, try me. Notice the kind of language that Abram used to God. He said, what will you give me? The father is not, not discouraged because you want to try and see if it's going to work. He says, try me. What? Try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not, woo, <laughs> he didn't say, you ought to be tithing. Don't you know I'm God? You ought to be tithing to me. He could have said that because he is God and we ought to be doing what he said. But that's not his heart. That's not his nature. Instead, he says, this is what I've got for you. He says, he says try me now in this. And he says this. He says, uh, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough, glory to God, to receive it. What does he do? He automatically says, do this. And what reason? Because I've got something I'm trying to get to you, knucklehead. Give me the 10% in the offering that I'm asking for you. Not because I'm trying to take from you. I'm trying to get the windows of heaven open for you so that I can pour out a flood tide of blessing that there won't be room enough for you to contain it. That's why I'm asking this of you. This gives us a picture of how God does things. So when he asks of you something in, a, in an altar call, this is the kind of response that he's looking to pour out for you. He's saying, give me that TV show. I'll go back to the TV show. When I began to give up those things, I began, man, I tell you what, it seemed like the presence of God got more real to me in those, in those moments than I had ever experienced. It opened up, so to speak, the windows of heaven to experiencing him in my quiet time and in his word and in his presence. I would come into service and just sing a song we've sung a thousand times and tears would begin to well up in my eyes because I had set aside some things and the Lord rewarded me with his presence. Glory to God. And I was in a time and a season in, in, those, in those days where I, we were in some financial hardship. We were up against some financial situations that I had put myself in, ever been there. And the Lord actually began to ask me to give up some things and lay some things aside. And I began to see his presence become more real. His word became alive. I would read one passage uh, of, of scripture and I couldn't get off it. It would just seem like it began to explode. More revelation, more, more, more re, uh, meaning, more reason to, to, to act on it. And it would just come alive. And then before you know it, there were things starting to turn around here and there and there in my finances. Glory to God. And as I was giving to him, he began to reward. Not because he's not, he's not saying, hey, I'm not going to give this to you till you give that up. It's not that kind of deal. He's inviting you into more. He's got it. He's already paid for it. He's not withholding it. But he knows the way to get it to you. Many times we stay in disobedience because we, we trust in our own ideas of how to get the good things that God has in store for us than we trust God's way of getting them to us. Do you think Joseph, whew, the glory of the Lord is here, hallelujah. The, the, do you think Joseph would have picked the avenue to get to, to second in command of the nation that, that happened for him? 
He wouldn't have picked it. But God can overnight, if you'll yield to him, take you out of the prison and put you into the penthouse. Overnight, he can, he can turn things around if you will lay yourself down for him. And really, I believe this, that, that the, the, the biggest thing standing in the way of experiencing the fullness of God or experiencing the fullness of his blessing or experiencing the fullness of help is me. I'm the biggest deterrent to experiencing all that God has for me. And I know that. I know that God's not withholding anything. He said, I, I'm so, so not withholding that I, can't, I won't even let you come to me in faith unless you believe that. I'm trying to get something over to you. Woo. He's good. He's good. Amen. He's a rewarder. of. G I mean, even Jesus said this. You know, you're like, well, that's all Old Testament. Well, uh, uh, what about Jesus? You know, over in Matthew in chapter 6 and verse 33, he says, seek first. He said, listen, I know that the Gentiles are seeking all these things, and you have need of them. Right? You have need of clothes, and, and you have need of a house, and you have need of these things. He said, I'm not trying to keep those from you. I'm trying to invite you to seek my kingdom first and my righteousness, and then all these things are going to be added to you. Jesus also said, give, and it shall be given. He didn't say give because, I, because I, I'm deserving of your money. He could have said that because it's true. But he said, give. Why? Because it shall be given to you. Good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, it shall be returned. Amen. Over in, um, let, me, let me find it here. Uh, that's, if you want to write it down, that's Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Um, but over in um, uh, Mark chapter 10 and verse 29, I'm, I'm getting ready to close. What does that mean? Not much. Um, Mark chapter 10, verse 29. No, I, I'm really getting ready to close here. Uh, chapter 10, verse 29. So Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one. Say no one. Man, that is a promise from the Lord. Assuredly. I, he, I mean, Jesus is trying to, trying to get this over with everything he knows how to say. Assuredly, I say to you that there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake in the Gospels, who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time. Not some sweet day by and by. We will have reward there. And I'm not living just for the reward that's happening here and in, in the now. I'm, I'm living to stand before the Lord and, and Him saying, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. That's the ultimate reward. But Jesus said, Don't get it twisted. There is a reward that's going to come when you stand before me if you'll live this way. But, I, but don't get it twisted. There is going to be a reward now in this time up to a hundredfold of anything that you've sacrificed for the gospel's sake. Anything that you, if, was it time, was it money, was it energy, was it emotions, was it feelings, was it, what, what did you sacrifice for the gospel this week? What did you sacrifice for the gospel this morning? As you said, yes, Lord, I, I give that up. Glory to God. The Lord saying, don't get it twisted. I'm such a rewarder. I'm not only going to reward you when you get here and stand before me, but I'm going to reward you in this time. And not just give it back. I'm not, it's not just paybacks. You know, I borrow five, I give you five. I borrow ten, I give you ten. No, he said it, even a hundredfold. Now and this time. Hallelujah, our Father, our God, our Father God is a rewarder. He's good. We can trust him because he knows us. Hallelujah. 
and he is a rewarder. Turn, we'll close with this. Go back over to Hebrews chapter 11. All right, just to hammer this home real quick. And let's just start in verse 4. And let's put in by faith. Let's read what he says about faith in in verse 6. And by believing that he is and that he is a rewarder, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts through it being, uh, though it being dead still. By believing that he is and that he's a rewarder, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. We drop down and and, and, uh, verse 7, it says, by believing that he is and that he's a rewarder. By that, Noah, divinely warned of things yet not seen, uh, moved with godly fear and prepared an ark uh, for the saving of his household. household. Verse 8, by believing that he is and that he's a rewarder, Abraham obeyed. Come on. It's what helps you obey is believing that he is and that he's a rewarder. There's something about knowing that he is and that he's a rewarder that will cause you to obey when nothing else will. The Bible says being willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. If you have started to lose uh, sight of the fact that he's a rewarder, it starts messing with your willingness. But when you get your eyes back on the author and the finisher, and you turn your eyes back onto him, your willingness starts to get back into gear. Glory to God. If you have noticed that the good of the land has started to dry up, check in on the fact of whether you're believing that he's a rewarder of the things that you're doing to diligently seek him. If you will make that adjustment, don't try to make yourself more obedient. No, looking unto Jesus, the author, it says, let us lay aside every weight by by how? By looking unto Jesus. Look at the fact that he's a rewarder. Stir yourself up about there's no way that I can come early and serve in the nursery that the Father's not rewarding me for this. Glory to God. There's no way that I can't come with a hungry heart to pull on the anointing and draw on the word of God that the Lord's not going to reward me for this. There's no way that I can't give my tithes and my offerings this week. Glory to God that the Lord is not going to reward me for this. There's not a way because he is a rewarder of those that diligently he said so. He said so. Amen. I'm telling you, it'll start messing with your obedience. Glory to God. All of a sudden, you're more willing and more obedient. Glory to God. Whoa. I'm telling you, you know, you ever work for somebody that you know pays good and done an odd job or maybe you're a kid and, like, there's that one uncle that, like, he always overpays you. Like, you rake for 40 minutes and he gives you a 25 and you're like, oh, Lord. When he calls you up and asks you to do something the next time, that's the uncle you work for, right? Old stingy uncle who's trying to pay you a quarter an hour. You're you're not interested in getting out of bed on summer, right? But the uncle that pays well, you, oh, yeah, I'll be there at 8, sure, yeah. Oh, yeah, Mom, make sure you wake me up at 8 because Uncle so-and-so, he wants me to come and rake, rake his leaves. And he gives, he, he treats you to lunch, he pay, right? You are eager to work for that guy. Whoo! How much more? How much more? The Father is a rewarder. He's the one that designed the system of reward. He created it. It was his birthing that he spoke into existence because of out of his character, that's who he is. 
Amen. Glory to God. He's got reward for us. Amen. So I just want to encourage you as we're, as we're going through this, this, this series of, of the basics and, and the Lord is asking us to make some adjustments. Man, glory to God. Get in the willingness and the obedience lane because there is good of the land that the Father is trying to invite us into. Woo, glory to God. Let's just stand and we'll thank him for it. Father, we thank you for the word tonight. We thank you, hallelujah, for the revelation of your goodness. Lord, speak to our hearts even this week as, as, as you've uh, stirred us this, this morning about the things of the Holy Spirit, that we would be doers. And as you stirred us tonight, Father God, that when we move in your direction, Lord, this week, when we get up a little early or set aside that television show or, or set aside some extra time or, or spend a little more time in the Word. Father, whatever it is you're stirring us about. Speaking to that co-worker. Being the witness you've called us to be. Father, I thank you that we'll be eager to do it. Because we'll be mindful that you're a rewarder of those that diligently seek you. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.